It's that constant polarity between expansion, which is the divine, and the gravitational pull, which is physical and which has a lot of shadow to it, has a lot of density to it. It has a lot of, you have to take action. It's not just, I have to think something, but I have to like do something. And that doing can be very scary. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. So excited to have my first guest on again. (laughs) So it's the first time I'm having someone back on because our conversation felt like it went short last time. And I'm so honored and grateful that Ryan Lasanne has joined me once again for part two of our conversation. She is a powerhouse and and coaches so many women to up-level in their lives and in their businesses and to really come to this place of clarity and confidence and to move through life with those in mind. Because I think a lot of us are second guessing ourselves constantly in this inner trust game that we're all on seems to be the most challenging. So Ryan, my love, thank you for joining me once again on the House of Low podcast. <laughs> Hi, Lauren. So good to be back with you and to hear your voice and not through the podcast, but to see your smile as we Aww. as we record this. It's so good to see you. Thank you. It's such an honor to be back for a second time. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Remind everyone what you do and kind of what you're focused on right now and anything you're excited about that you want to yeah. know. Yeah, thank you. Well, I am a mindset advancement coach and energy healer, and I work with high achieving women. And my specialty, my little niche is high achieving black women. And I support women to advance their professional dreams, which winds up being a holistic experience because of course our professional dreams are reflections of us, our visions of who we see ourselves being and becoming. And people oftentimes reach out to me when they are on a quest to either build their business or really launch, start a business, you know, build the courage and the clarity and the confidence to do that and or to advance in their more traditional professional career as we have known that to be. And it's about mindset. And these women present like you and I, they have all of the things. We've got the blueprint of success. We've been to the schools, we've had the titles, we have the jobs, and we've amassed not just things, but we've amassed success and experience and expertise. And there's the, and yet piece, like that, but piece, you know, that, but I don't feel confident. I don't feel clear. I don't know what the next step is. I second guess myself that 
doubting, that worry, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the sense of how do I get out of my own way to do the things I want to do? And these women particularly are caught in a conundrum because it's like, I am smart and I do these things for other people, for other businesses, for other organizations, for my family even. Why can I seem to not be able to do this for myself? And so it's really an honor to work with women and help them to see their, what I call their brilliance, to really tap into what their personal brand is, which is their brilliance. That is their personal, unique, often unnurtured fingerprint, you know, their divine fingerprint on the universe and to be able to tap into and and feel that and explore that is really great. So that's what I do and who I do that with. Oh, thank you for what you do. And thank Thank you for holding space for black women and holding space for their greatest expansion. I think that so many of us are being challenged to morph into our higher selves in this life and, and on this earth amidst so much chaos and it does. It feels like so many women have achieved so much yet are so unfulfilled and they still don't feel like enough. And you and I have that in common where we're really here to dismantle that starting with ourselves and helping as many women as possible. Like, when is it enough? When are we going to be enough? This is the question I have for myself and for all of us. And I think that we really hit a wall because we realize that we're the ones that don't feel that we are enough. And it's very powerful to come to a place in my life where I'm I'm really just deciding it's a choice to be confident in who I am and to know that there's divine reasons why I am the way I am and have certain gifts and qualities. And also my shadow is part of who I am and integrating that, you know, I think, a lot of times on the spiritual journey, it's like, I'm going to conquer the ego. That's like phase one. And then you realize the maturity that comes spiritually is, oh no, I need to integrate my ego and know that it's never going away. And so it does feel like a lot of us are being faced with that dichotomy, you know, and I just love that you talk openly about that in your work. So before we get into the tea today, which I'm really excited to talk to you about change and how we can navigate change. I first want to ask you my rapid fire question. All right. I didn't, them, I didn't get to ask them last time. We have about we go. Six or seven questions and just whatever comes to mind and drops in intuitively. Fun. Okay, here we go. What does it mean to come home to you? Oh, to come home to me, a couple of things come to mind. One is self-acceptance. I think you just beautifully put that that shadow is not going anywhere. She is here to stay and she's got a lot to say while she's here. I mean, she is awfully critical. And so I am home when I can tap into being my own best friend, when I can tap into that sense of like, it can be anything triggering. I can't find my keys and I'm in a rush and I can notice the spiral happening of this always happens. And once again, you don't have the systems that you need. You're not as organized. I mean, the thoughts come and, you know, it used to be that I would catch that wave and it'd be just, I would ride it, ride it, ride it. And I am at home. I can catch myself at home when that happens, when that shadow is triggered and she is running the show and I can hold myself and I can say, 
it's okay. It sounds so simple and kind of silly to say like, you are a good person. Like you can do a lot. You're managing a lot. You do have the systems. Just reset yourself. That's for me, that is like a huge aspect of being home within myself is that compassion piece. Because if it's not there, I've exited. I have exited the body you know, I'm someplace else and she has taken over. She is in the home. So I think I'm home when I am compassionate, and not just present, because I'm present to some of the things she's saying, but it's, I'm holding myself. I haven't abandoned. Yeah. Mm, that is so moving. And I've yeah. never thought of it that way. We're always looking for other people to hold us, but can we hold ourselves, all of us, you know, all of ourselves. And so that's really moving. And I've never heard that answer before. It's, it's really beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. Give me one word that describes you and your essence. I smile real big when I say this and I almost blush, but I I do think healer. I do. I think at the essence of what I hear people say in terms of like what I get feedback around, it is the sense of healing. And that comes through a lot of times people say my vulnerability that I'm, I allow myself to be vulnerable, which allows other people to kind of tap into their own vulnerability and heal in that space. But I think healer, I like that. That makes me blush a little bit, which I know is kind of a stretch to actually say out loud. And I think that's a note that that's probably right. (laughs) 100%. And I feel that from you. And I also align with that. I am definitely here to be among many other things, a healer and the path of the healer is very difficult. So I commend you for that and for walking in your purpose for, for real. And yeah, people are going to reflect that back to you. So it's just a matter of time before we have to accept that. And from the moment I started talking to you, I could feel that you were a healer. So thanks. And I'll say before the next rapid question, just because it feels super relevant, that that has not been easy. Like that has, (laughs) I could spend a lot of time crying with you about how that has not been easy to accept me, which is so strange because I just came from a wonderful vacation with 11 total. So 10 other women, including me, we've been friends, three of us, I'll be 42 next week for 42 years. We've been best friends. I mean, it's long, long, long time friends. These people love me. Why is it so hard for me to love me sometimes? What is that? So I just want to share with people that it has been a challenge. And sometimes we can feel like, oh, well, it's not as challenging for them as it is for me. And I want to say like, it's been a challenge to stand in my light, particularly as a healer, because I think that that's something that first, I believe that we are all healers. I believe that is like what we are here to do in our own unique way. But from a societal standpoint, I think that that is like one of those sort of either titles that it's like, you've got to almost have to like be Jesus to do that, you know, but Jesus was a person like everyone else. I digress, but I think it has not been easy to step into that role and to claim it and to own it and to stand in it and love myself in it Mm. as a healer. I resonate with you, Lauren, on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to be the light. That's why, you know, we have to constantly choose to be the light amidst so much shadow and so much darkness. And also to not judge people. That's the path of the healer to really accept people as they are versus trying to change them. And so I'm with you on that. And our culture does not celebrate healers nearly enough. 
And you're right. So many healers come in all, in all ways, you know, and, and often mm-hmm. we're like the last to know that we're a healer. So I'm so right. grateful that all the people that you've touched have reflected that back to you. So. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And yeah. a healer in their humanity, you know, it's like, we're both, it's the divine human experience. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The wild ride. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure is. <laughs> Okay. So on that note, what is your mantra for life? I think one of my mantras for life is this idea of knowing thyself and also allowing myself to continue to become myself because there are things that I know about me. And then sometimes that can get in the way. Well, I have created this narrative. I am this. And then there's this expansion that wants to happen. And it's like, I am this. Can I also be that? And so it's like, know thyself and also become thyself. Like allow yourself to continue to become. And in that, you know, allow yourself to continue also to be. But that sense of becoming and growing and expansion, I think is something I try to remind myself of. And to your point about change is the theme of today. We're always in a state of expansion. And so there's that push pull. And so trying to remind myself who I have known myself to be doesn't have to be a block to who I'm becoming. Ooh, Whew. I felt that it's powerful. What ritual makes you feel gorgeous? Ooh, gorgeous. <laughs> uh, you know, what really does help on any given day is a bright color lipstick. Yes, I agree. It really, <laughs> I mean, I could have had a crazy day. I could look crazy and put a little bit of just any kind of bright color. And I feel like, okay, you just totally elevated from wherever you were to where you are now. So that that does help. That's like a little glam, big glam. What's a big glam? High heels kind of do the same thing. Yeah, they do. They give that extra oomph of glam for me. I'd say those two things together. Yeah. I love love an adorned lip. I live. Yes. Oh, adorned. I love that. That's a great way to put it. Yes. It It brings me back to life. People always laugh because I am always like putting stuff on my lips no matter what. And it's just, I think it has to do with throat chakra too. And I think it has to do with Mm. our truth. And it's so symbolic for us, you know? And so I just love that you said that. It really touches me because that's one of mine too. (laughs) You know, Lauren, thank you for that. Because as I'm putting on lipstick now, I'm actually going to really associate that with as a, like a deepening ritual with, I am honoring, adorning my, I love that. Thank you. That's right. Yes. Oh, like that's giving me little tears. The throat chakra is an area of, (laughs) for the audience, Lauren's face is like, Ooh, yeah. I mean, the throat chakra, man, it can be speaking your truth. Whoa. And the fact that it's like right above the heart. I mean, it is like, I can feel the intensity of that. So I thank you for that. I love that sense of lipstick adorning the throat chakra, the things I'm saying. It's thank you for that. That's a gift. I really, really felt like that intuitively. Thank you. I know I, people laugh at me because I, I think about everything so deeply, you know, and I just live a certain way where I believe everything means something. I don't believe that there are coincidences or accidents. And so it's like, there's a reason that we're drawn to our lips. There's a reason for that. And what does it look like to live consciously 
aware of the intention to, you know, by putting something on my lips, I'm actually activating my voice and hopefully speaking more of my truth. And this is one of the biggest things I pray for women to do because there is a lot of truth that has not been spoken. And I think about what brings me chills is that I think women that have gone through so much darkness in our history and ancestrally really they would just die to be in our position today to be able to speak the way that God is asking us to as a collective. And so it's an honor to adorn ourselves in that way. And I think we start to treat others with that same kind of respect. So I love that. And one of the first things I noticed about you was your bold lip. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> so That's so fun. There's so much to unpack about what you have just said about the lips specifically. I have a background in aesthetics and makeup license in my twenties. And it's interesting, you know, we talk about, I can't wear that color, particularly for lips. Like, oh, it's too bright for me or it's too bold or it's too, you know, too much. And I hadn't made the association with lipstick being almost like a siren, you know, or a symbol, like a flashing light for attention, for the mouth, for the voice. And it brings attention to it. And just one more layer of like almost hiding our light by not adorning, you know, or like really feeling into it's too much, the sense of too much, too much, too much. I'm too much, but at the same time, I'm not enough. It's that whole, yeah, I love that ritual. I'm adding that. I'm adding that intention with my lipstick. Thank you. I love Love it. it. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Next rapid fire. What is an action you took recently that came from a place of abundance? Going on this girl's trip came from a place of abundance. For sure. It did. It did. It came from, it came from a place of abundance. One, where we go and the group that I go with, it's a group that we, we like to adorn ourselves. It's an adorning group. It's a group that, you know, likes to (laughs) do fun things and wear beautiful lipstick and wear beautiful shoes. And sometimes there can be a sense of like, have I worked hard enough? Am I worthy? Have I done can I do, do I spend this kind of money on this kind of thing when there's so many other priorities, you know, that, that we do have as a family, but also recognizing what it does for my soul to be deeply connected with my sisters and to get away. And what also does for my family, you know, my daughter had time with her dad that she just wouldn't have if I were home. They went to the zoo and they did all these cool things and they had their own bumps in the road and navigated through those and, and all those wonderful things that sometimes mommy, a lot of times micromanages, but that was absolutely out of abundance, out of a sense of I am doing this, not because I've earned it, but because I'm worthy. I'm worthy of enjoying myself. I'm worthy of this moment. I'm worthy of taking the time. Yeah. That was huge coming from that space of abundance. I felt that in my body. Like I felt how powerful that was for you and (laughs) the filter that we take ourselves through to make any decision that's just for us, God forbid, you know, and I can only imagine the way it reset you for your family, that you're better off. And also to any mother out there or wife or whoever, you don't just get to live for everyone else after you make those decisions. Like so many women are, especially of our generation are coming into this place of like, 
I can't just forget about me now. And so I, I just think it's very powerful that you see that as abundance and also could connect the dots to how it had a positive impact on those around you and you're better for it. You know, like you're reset, you're energized and rested. And I do think there's nothing like being around our girlfriends. There's nothing like it because we understand each other and we can go deeper with our friends, you know, sometimes than, than other people in our lives. And so I just love that you see the connection to that being an abundant decision. Yeah, it was very powerful. And I've made decisions before like that out of scarcity, you know, that sense of like, can I do, is this okay? And I was very conscious coming into this because this trip is also, it's like a sort of a once a year kind of trip for me. I don't go on these kinds of trips multiple times a year. So it was like a real conscious decision to do this. And I just kept the entire time up until going, this is because of abundance and working to navigate through any scarcity that was shadow tied to it. Mm-hmm. I think it made a difference. I do think it made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I know, you know, we talk about abundance a lot here and one of the key activators of abundance is rest. And we rarely feel rested. Like I think about the last time I felt rested. It's a very specific feeling that I think is often fleeting. And it's like this concept of having to earn rest. A lot of times when we're in our most restful state, a lot can come in. We can have some of the biggest business opportunities or meet more expanders in relationships or connections. And I just think that it's something a lot more women are exploring and and playing with because we're exhausted. We're burnt out. The only time we really allow ourselves, I think, to rest like that is when we go away, you know? So I hope that you feel rested in that way. Thank you for that. And you know, it's interesting, these deep connections that I know that you're in tuned with because just yesterday on the plane, I was reading the energy of money. Uh So good. I had never thought of rest in the way that you just described it. And I just saw it yesterday where the author Maria Nemeth or Nemeth, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but talking about mindset blockers and she's talking about money, but money is energy. And so it's put any health, wealth, wellness, whatever in, in that blank. And the whole point was she had mentioned how I think a study was done of top performers. And the thing that they had in common was this idea of rest and how we associate rest almost with play sometimes, you know, the sense of like downtime or rest and some other distinction, but rest as being its own important sense of being. And I had not thought about that before. And it makes really good sense, of course, rest, you know, and there is a push pull with rest, particularly for high achievers, push pull. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is yeah. an ongoing lesson, you know, mm-hmm. until our body tells us to rest, you know, whether and, we're burned out or it shows up in symptoms and it's very subtle, you know, because we're all just working in such hyper productivity mode and it's just more, more, more. And it's, it's really not about more. It's really about finding that balance of just enough, you know, and, and I keep asking myself, when is it enough? how many hours, how many, you know, and I, there's a lot of people making an enormous amount of money and they're working like four hours, two hours a day, one hour a day. It doesn't even matter the hours. It's about the energy, you know? So it's something I'm experimenting a lot with, you know, and I think a lot of women are because tired, just tired. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Final two. 
The next one is what is something that can always be found on your table? Mm, and is there a specific want. table? Any table. Any table. Oh, any table. Okay. Well, in general stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so much stuff. Oh my gosh. There's stuff everywhere. We just moved. So yeah. there's literally on every table there's stuff. I will say if there isn't, I would like for there to be some type of crystal on a table. I, I love, oh, I love so many. Oh my gosh. The first one that comes to mind is I love amethyst. I love rose quartz. Oh, some of the just very traditional ones. I love labradorite. I gave that to oh. all my girlfriends on the trip. That's oh, one of my most favorite. So- I really, really, really am focusing again, that throat chakra, you know, lapis lazuli is something I've got to like really, you know, bring more into my focus, but those are some of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. How about you? What are your favorites? Yeah. The energy of crystals are unmatched, you know, and some of my favorites, honestly, are citrine. I love love rose. I also love opalite. I feel like opalite is, it's one of the most beautiful ones, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have some over there to show you after. Mm -hmm. And I do, I I think clear quartz and and selenite, you know, I'm always learning from many healers. I'm sure if you did any energy healing on me, you'd tell me the same thing, which is you must protect your energy, Lauren. You're feeling everybody's stuff. Mm, That great empathic person that you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, any crystals that I think help build a little bit of an energetic bubble around Uh us, powerful, because so many women are intuitive. So many women are empathic and sometimes we're, you know, it throws off our whole day and it's not even our emotion, you know? So, and I also just love the idea of meditating and channeling the energy from the crystals and into the crystals, you know, kind of using them to release. So, and they're so beautiful. They just, they it's like the simplest way, cheapest way. They're not even that expensive to bring like the energy of abundance to any space, the energy of love and beauty. So I just love that you're the first person that said crystals surprisingly. Yeah. So and opalite's beautiful. I'm going to bring that out. I love that. It's, so it's I'm sure with the aura, you know, yes. it has all it's, it has all the colors. Prisms. Yes. Yeah. Very mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very powerful. Love that. Oh yeah. So good. Mm, thank you. Okay. Last question. What nourishment brings you the most joy? So any way you nourish yourself, it could be food, it could be, it could be something, you know, anything that you consider your number one way to nourish yourself and what brings you joy from it? Yeah. The first thing that came to mind, I think it's also just because it happened just yesterday, coming home and receiving the warm hug that I did from my four-year-old was... Oh, so deeply touching. And it reminded me how much I need to be held as an energetic body. That for me, that is like my path to intimacy, that in conversation, but how much I need it and how, even though I'm surrounded by people that I love, I don't know if we're embracing in that way. And that just truly hugging heart to heart, hold sense of, release with that person sense of just holding that was very 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 nurturing for me i think something i'm going to do more of that heart to heart connection physically mm-hmm. yeah. oh i yeah. feel that i know that physical was- touch is is my number one cuz i think it's the most real to me you know words people can say anything and and i know there's people that love words of affirmation but i really you can tell the energy, especially being so tapped in like we are, you can tell the energy behind someone's touch. You can tell if it's genuine, you can really feel their intention. And from your daughter, I mean, I just love that you called out like the heart to heart connection. Cause it's true. Like when we hug someone, it's literally our hearts are, are touching, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
God, that's so moving. I just love so the surprising. Great everything. You are <laughs> everything so beautifully. And it's, it reminds me, and I hope it reminds anyone listening that living with this way of seeing things and looking at things is accessible to all of us. It's a choice to really see the beauty and magic in the simplest things in life, you know, mm-hmm. which brings us into change. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's spill yeah. some tea on change. Absolutely. I, before we recorded, we were, Ryan and I were both talking about some big changes we've recently gone through and just the energetics of change. And also, even though it's good change, it's still, there's a grieving process and there's sort of, we're often faced with decisions and, and changes that we make in our lives because we've delayed them. Like sometimes they come because we're forced to change and, and make changes. And I just feel that a lot of people are going through this right now. One of the biggest hurdles that we have to overcome as humans again and again is that we hold on to stuff. We attach so intensely to places, people, things, jobs, our past selves, and we we struggle to let go. But it does always feel like earth school. I call it earth school. I love it's that. constantly about letting go here and detaching and and being very careful what we let take up space in our in our lives and, and how much emphasis we put on certain things or people, you know? So I would just love to hear your take on change. And Mm -hmm. I don't like to put things in good or bad, but you know, whether it's more challenging or change, it's exciting. What's your perspective on that? I'm sure this comes up a lot in the women that you help and coach. So I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Thank you for that. Starting from the very basis, like even from a primer scientific level, change is inevitable. Change is constant. If you're talking about anything dealing with the planet, our planet, it is all about change because it's all about, it's limited. I mean, it's, it's finite experience, time, space, reality is always shifting, always expanding. Nothing is permanent. It's like impermanence is the rule. And yet we, we have been taught to not understand that. But I think that that's also the complexity of being divine beings on this earth school in these earth suits, right? Because it's that constant polarity between expansion, which is the divine and the gravitational pull, which is physical and which has a lot of shadow to it, has a lot of density to it. It has a lot of, you have to take action. It's not just, I have to think something, but I have to like do something. And that doing can be very scary. And it, and change inherently requires us to do it. it, requires us to move past, move from inertia, which is just basically sitting and feeling like we're not going to have to change. We don't, we're just going to be, and then requiring to move. And that can be really, really scary because again, with that means infinite possibility. And if someone is afraid of what those possibilities are, then it's just opening up a whole realm of of scary possibilities that are out of that person's control. Because of course, inherent in change is also a lack of control. And so if that triggers fear in someone, then that's going to be the experience. Now, different person, same experience, and they're excited about the possibilities. They're excited about what this change brings, then a very different experience. Now, for most of us, it's complicated because there's both. You know, we might be very excited about this new job that is everything that we've always wanted, but it also means we have to move to Chicago and we're from a hometown that we love. 
okay, so there's like this push-pull of yes and, you know, I've met this person, love them, and I have to change my last name, but I love my last name. You know, I mean, there's all these nuances of like yes and no at the same time. And so how to parse that out and how to hold ourselves in every moment that is changing and not lose ourselves to fear in the midst of them, I think are are some things that come to mind as we open up the conversation around fear. Mm, Yeah. Losing ourselves in fear. There's a lot of people right now that I'm having conversations with that feel they're having like, I call them tower moments. Like it's often rare that everything falls apart, but you know, the part of the, the challenge of being human that other dimensions don't have is emotions. Other dimensions are, it's pure love. There's no ego. There's no fear. Like our souls are built for light and they're built for just like, we're all one, you know, but here, this is why it's like school because we could have an emotional outburst at any moment. You know, it's like, we're all being asked to, I feel like we up-level through our emotions, right? And a lot of people are experiencing these tower moments where things are falling apart, right? Relationships overnight, dismantling, you know, jobs, businesses, the earth is going through something. And I mean, none of us really pretend to know exactly, but we know we're here during quite a time. It's a huge shift in the vibration of the earth. So when you ground that back into like my little individual life, it's like, what am I going to do with it? You know, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to hold on to the past? Am I going to let the divine move through me to use your words? Because I really believe that's what's happening. You know, we're all fragments of the divine, of the creator. And the challenge is being human. We have to, like, everybody wants to physically see everything and want proof. We're not going to get proof. It's in here. But I think our emotions are what connect us to the divine because there are feelings we feel that literally make us feel out of this world. And where does that come from? It's not just like a, it's not a chemical reaction. It's bigger than that, you know? And so I think a lot of times we're being asked to navigate our emotions amidst, like you said, you know, having to ground in and make decisions. And we're also in a physical body with, that requires so much sleep, water, food, emotional management, and a million other things. And so it's just very hard to do this whole dance, you know? But I feel that these tower moments are challenging everyone to really look deeper at where they are resisting change. And for women specifically, I think related to like the biological clock, you know, there's a lot of women right now that I'm talking to that are in their thirties, that their life isn't going this like certain way where they're having children yet, or like, you know, and I think they feel like something's wrong with them. And I'm right there in that. And the truth is there isn't but everybody's life is meant to go a certain way. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just kind of makes what- makes total sense. Through. I would just love yeah. people to think Can about. I just pick up on a couple of threads, Lauren, that, yeah, first, everything makes total sense. And I'm hundred percent with you about the global shift. You know, it's evident to me, at least from these little eyes that something's happening, you know, it's collective consciousness is really shifting. And it's not like it's the first time it's shifting and yet it's, it is shifting. Like it's, it's happening. Something's happening. Another thread to pick up on is this emotional piece and, and really tapping into our emotions as a guidance system to where we are at any given point. And this has been transformational for me in my own development and transformational when I teach it to clients is really one, 
the US, we do not teach a lot of language around emotions. We might teach just do it, go for it. None of that is emotionally based. And yet we are emotional beings. That is what we are. It's energy that we feel in our bodies. And what's so interesting about emotions is it's not like being dehydrated where you sense that I am dehydrated and sort of your body cues you or I am hungry. And then you drink water and your thirst is satiated for a time being until you get thirsty again. And you can also manage it by drinking water, you know, rest, same way. Emotions are different. Emotions, a couple of things about emotions. One, emotions are held in the body, meaning we can have trapped emotions. So you might have a trapped emotion of anger or anxiety or overwhelm or joy even. And when you're in these experiences that have nothing to do with anything else, but that fear is triggered or that anxiety is triggered, it takes us back to that same, same exact place. And you don't even have to have something happen. You can think about that thing and that same flood of emotions comes out through us. Another interesting aspect about emotions are we actually feel them. It's like <laughs> our body vibrates to that emotion, whether it's joy and we're vibrating and we feel so good and the cells in our bodies are vibrating at a very high rate and we feel this intensity of enlightenment and excitement and things feel so good. And then there's also shame, guilt, fear, which is also literally felt in the body. You know, we feel the heaviness, we feel the sadness, we feel the tears, we feel the back sort of bending over, wanting to crawl <laughs> into something and, you know, the, the physical sort of shutting down of self. And so again, it, it's an experience where it is a total body experience. So here we are trying to like fight against what we're literally feeling. And we try to often do that with thoughts, right? So let's say we're in the midst of maybe even picking up on this, give a personal example where I felt this today. This morning, you know, coming back, we just moved. I'm feeling a bit like overwhelmed and I don't want to feel overwhelmed. You know, like I don't want to spend my day that it's eight o'clock in the morning. I all these things I want to do. And so I'm like fighting, but it's set in. It's not like a mental, I'm over. No, it's set in. It's like my body is, I'm feeling it. I'm hearing the narrative of like, this isn't going well and all this. So I'm fully immersed in the experience and I'm grappling with it. And here we are at any given moment of any given day. What is something someone can do about that? One, it is to catch yourself. It is to catch the narrative and to surrender to it. Surrender to it only meaning notice. I notice that I am kind of torturing myself in this moment by continuing to repeat these thoughts. And I'm fighting because I can't just shut them off and they're making me feel overwhelmed. But what I could do, for instance, is I could notice that. And the next step is I could move to appreciation about anything generically. And I have found for myself consistently, and I have found that when I teach this and people try this, that appreciation is a beautiful bridge to your upper elements of your emotions. So basically courage forward. And what it doesn't have to be is about what you were just thinking about. So it didn't my appreciation didn't have to be about my home. I could appreciate this breeze that I'm feeling as I stand out here, I can appreciate 
that I have a moment to myself. I can appreciate that the sky is blue. I just start feeling a sense of appreciation. It is like octane gas that's going to help you move in a different direction. It's going to help kind of get the, even like your joints fluid a little bit more. You know, it's going to shift that internal feeling that you were feeling to something more positive. And if you can hold that for a little bit of time, and all of this teaching is Abraham Hicks. So if you want to do a deep dive into this kind of work, but holding that for about a minute or so can be a brilliant reset in any given time that you're feeling emotionally triggered. Oh, wow. I love that you brought that up. And there is a difference in the energy of gratitude versus appreciation. I feel like appreciation is deeper. I feel I like so. really appreciate something is intense. It's a beautiful emotion. And I don't think it's that often. Like we can be like, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. But when you say, even when I journal, I'll say, I appreciate, and I'll try to let myself feel into the deeper reason. So I just love that you called that out because I think it's worth noting and to really play with the energy of what do you appreciate in your life? And also about yourself, because that's when we start to really anchor into loving ourselves more, I think. But you're right. I mean, these emotions, we feel them so intensely. And I think sometimes the slippery slope is that we make them define us. And then we all know emotions come and go. They're like the wind, you know, it's like the clouds in the sky and all of a sudden they're gone. And what does it look like when you're in the thick of it to not deeply torture ourselves even more and make it a big story? Like, oh, woe is me, or oh, why can't I just be happy like so-and-so over there? It's like, nope, they feel it too, you know? And I think some of us are blessed to feel even deeper than others, which is a challenge. And, you know, our culture celebrates all the masculine qualities and none of the feminine, yet we all have both, right? So feminine energy is emotions. That's why I love thinking about this because I think it shows how powerful we are. Everything that is like nature is described as her, not in gender, but in like tsunami, they're going to call that a her, right? It's like yeah. ocean is do not, it's like a her, it's she, right. the ocean, you know, yes. beginning of time, that's what they, the fishermen, they would call it she, because that's the wildness of the feminine. Our culture doesn't celebrate that though. Our culture says you better be doing, and it only celebrates the masculine, but that is shifting right underneath our eyes and yes, it is. the world will continue to be shocked as it happens. Because I do believe what's happening right now with the earth is we're coming into balance. We've been off balance. The masculine has been in power with a shaky foundation. And now the shaky foundation is broken. And now it's like, what does it look like to just come a little bit more into balance? And by the way, men, I think are dying for this because they're so closed off from their emotions. So often, whether it's in business or in our relationships, we're kind of leading the way with emotions. And then I think it, a lot of women feel isolated because we can't hide them as much. And I don't think it's just because of the way we're socialized. I think we literally, our body is like, you're going to feel this because we're maybe a little bit more teetering on the feminine essence than the masculine. So what's your perspective on that and, and on how you see women up-leveling in their lives when they do allow themselves to feel more? Oh, so many good things here. Okay. I want to start with this idea that you brought out of feminine, not versus as competitive, but just in contrast to feminine, contrast to the masculine as it relates to the shift mm-hmm. that we're seeing and as it relates to emotional awareness yes. versus 
doing action. Mm-hmm. So kind of putting some of this in context together. And I'm directly pulling this again from the energy of money. Such yeah. a good book. And what is so profoundly described in the book at the beginning is the distinction between the metaphysical and the physical. And I've never seen it written with such clarity from a scientific perspective as it was written in the energy of money. She did a beautiful job here. And what she's saying is that the metaphysical is belief. The metaphysical is the emotion. The metaphysical is the thought. The metaphysical is everything that we cannot see. It's the concept. It's the idea. It's the enlightenment. It's the insight. It's it's all of the ethereal things that we think, feel, sense. And there's a border that happens between, so let's say someone has this wonderful idea of, I'm going to start a business. And they have this great idea and they're very excited about it. And they begin to take actions on this idea and it becomes now more physical. And there's this border crossing that happens. And oftentimes we get stuck at the border because when we think about this idea, this thing that we want or that we love or excited about, when we think about it, it's exciting. But when we start to like put it into action, we start doing the doing of it, it can be very difficult because it might be mundane or things that are now requiring us to do things that are scary or triggering other emotions. And so there is this push-pull between the metaphysical and the physical piece. Now, tying that, giving that sort of reference, tying that to what you're saying about the masculine and the feminine, and the shift that I think that we're seeing is that for so long, it has been about the doing, 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 and lacking most of the metaphysical experience, right? Honoring, I know this to be true about me. I don't have to see it. I don't have to have it proofed. I don't have to have evidence. I know this. Well, we have not trusted that intuition. It's been about, well, show me, about do it, make it happen. And I think that that's what's changing. I think that's part of what's changing is this like shift into I believe in myself. I believe that this can happen. I believe in this dream. I trust my emotions. I'm talking about them. We're talking about emotions and we've never talked about them before. On this girl trip, 11 of us had the ability to share things that I doubt our grandmothers would have ever shared with other girlfriends. Just couldn't do it. And you said that there, oh, I can feel it. There are generations of women who would love to be where we are because we can feel our emotion. We can express it. We're not demonized. I mean, now this is not holistic collectively, but individually we are tapping into, I have a voice and I'm saying it. And I think that is something that's hugely different is that we are believing in the metaphysical. We are honoring our feelings in a way that we just couldn't before. Oh, so moving. I felt, <laughs> felt that so deeply. And that was so beautifully articulated. The truth is men, women, everyone across the spectrum, we are driven by emotion. There is no one on this earth that's driven by getting a million dollars. It's what do we think that's going to give us or make us feel? No one is driven by business growth for the sake of business growth. They're driven by success and what it looks like to have success from our fellow humans. Because the truth is, if you have money and you're alone, it don't matter. Like we care about what other people think. It's just also part of earth school. And so it's like, we're men are driven by emotion. They don't even realize that at least with us, I think we're really starting to honor the fact I use the word desire because I think it's the most potent state. And it's like, what is the desire even under the desire? You know, it's like, I would like to buy a house. Okay. Why? 
what's the house for? Like, what is it? And and then we have to dig through the shit of like, mm-hmm. well, society is going to really applaud me for that. Or I'm giving into this, you know, security that, well, if I have a house, I'll be wealthy in my life. It's like, not necessarily. So that's where I think the real consciousness is shifting is that the divine is asking us to get clear about why we desire what we desire, not to just say, I want it. And this is, this is it, you know, and to go deeper because if all of us go deeper within ourselves and asking ourselves why we desire what we desire, I think we'll start to work differently. I think our health massively increases and I think our relationships last longer and we will be living from a more conscious place. But if we're just driving ahead, like you said, doing, 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 and falling into the trap of more is more. We'll never know what we're doing it for or what we're doing it for gets so lost amidst layers and layers of programming that we get to the end of our lives. And we're like, what did I do with this life? You know, that's always been my biggest fear. I'm very driven by regret. I'm very driven by Like, what's my 80-year-old, if I make it, what's my 80-year-old self going to think of this decision? And I was just faced with this decision of like, put all my energy into going and buying a house. It felt like the divine was like, nope, not yet. But I could have done it and probably forced it and then been unhappy in my house alone. And then I was faced with like this travel decision. And I truly felt like the metaphysical to your point, there was something that was like travel, Mm -hmm. (laughs) travel, like Mm -hmm you will do the other stuff eventually, you know? And again, like we still have free will and we get to decide, like there's nobody that's going to force us to do anything. And so what's your perspective on, on that like inner voice? Is there a time that you would feel open to letting us into when you followed that inner voice and how it brought you here to this point in your life? Absolutely. Such a powerful question because it really as it did, really dovetails to the what we we're just talking about, this idea of emotions, but then it's emotions in contrast to something, right? And meaning ah, like right. there's this story or construct, a social construct that at age blank, 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 I'm supposed to, and I don't, therefore something's wrong with me. And that's leaving me feeling not enough, associated with feeling not enough at the very core of that is shame. Yep. And so when we're stuck in shame, That is where we're experiencing our life from. And that is the lowest frequency feeling that we possibly can have. But we feel it every time we feel like we're not enough. When we feel like we're not enough, in contrast to all of these make-believe, made-up stories about where we should be. So it's like, it's, you know, it's kind of a both and. It's both. It is managing your emotions and dismantling these stories that are not our truths. It is not your truth to be buying a home at this time, that's not going to bring you happiness, but it might be the truth of someone else who you ask their opinion. What do you think I should be doing? They might say, oh, well, you need to buy a house. You need to be doing this, you need to do whatever. And so often we are making decisions based on those small T truths rather than our big T truths, because it can be very scary to go against a societal norm to say, I'm actually going to travel. Well, don't you have X, Y, Z or didn't you, or didn't you work for, or did, but that's not my truth. And to hold that space, I mean, congrats 
Congratulations to you, Lauren, for being able to hold that space because that says a lot about where you are with your management of your life and your dreams and what you know to be true for you and that you were listening to the intuitive voice. Because I know that the people who love you have opinions. Well, I don't know if they are, but I just we all have opinions about everything. So they've got opinions. Hopefully they're aligned, but I'm sure some of them aren't. You've yeah. got to navigate that. And that's true for us all. You know, so I think one of the things that we've got to really look at is why are we making the choices and the decisions that we're making? You know, what's, we got to pause. What is not just at stake here, but what am I looking to achieve? What am I looking to experience? You talked about what is the emotion behind this desire? And often if we can tap into that emotion in the now, in the present, it can help us to dismantle those stories. Well, if I'm feeling Mm -hmm. happy now, then do I need to buy that house for happiness or can I actually do what I want to do because I'm already feeling a sense of happiness or I, you know, so again, that sense of like, what is behind the desire, but dismantling those stories, I think is so true. So really tapping into like, what am I telling myself are the reasons why quote unquote, I need this thing or why I don't need this thing or what's the why behind my decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that we need to sit with that why, you know, oh, I'm doing that because that's my family's expectation or, oh, I'm doing that because that's what my friends are doing or, oh, I don't even know why I'm doing that. I just thought I was supposed to, I'm a certain age or I have a certain title and kind of following the blueprint. But is that making you happy? Is that bringing you joy? Mm-hmm. I think we really, really need to sit with, you know, the why behind. Oh, Thank you for that. And I love that you said, sit with it. You know, sometimes we can choose, this is exactly what I did. I will be open about this and you're tapped in. So I know that, you know, that the universe starts to send us signs, like when we're at these crossroads. Mm -hmm. So I literally said, okay, God, send me an apartment or a, a new place to live or a house by June 15th. If I'm supposed to travel, then I'll know if it doesn't come in then. And I kind of just gave myself, because I think sometimes to move our lives forward and not just be like getting stuck in a, in a maybe or a potential, it's like, all right, I'm going to put a deadline on this. It was actually useful for me to do that. So quicker than June 15th, I scheduled appointments and it's not just the market. I know everyone's going to be like, yeah, the market's crazy right now. No, this is the divine. Mm-hmm. I scheduled appointments with all these different apartments and houses and they all canceled the day of. I was like, uh oh, like five of them. That's quite the odds. You know, it's not one. Okay, I get it. Five of them. Then in my neighborhood, there was a, a truck that I felt guided to take a picture of that was like a moving and storage truck called them. So easy. Like they gave me the first month free. It was like this whole thing. And I was like, oh. And this is what I mean about we are truly guided. You know, it was like, that was so easy, but then finding the apartment and I qualify for so much. It's not like I'm limited. And, and it was just so evident to me. And lo and behold, I went to a healer, an energy healer a couple of weeks later. And she was like, yeah, your soul's guiding you to travel. I was like, yeah. So she saw like these visions of me driving through the desert and the ocean and, and being like free in a car, like just driving. And this is like synchronicity, you know? And, and I thought, what am I going to do? Like still like go against all that. It's like, I think a lot of us are afraid to live life this way because we're scared of the answer. It's like, we're scared to be faced with like these things that are 
very non-conventional, you know, and our culture doesn't celebrate, like you said, certain things and certain ways of living, especially as a woman. Oh, forget it. You know? And so I said on my podcast last week, I was like, the three things I should be doing are buying a house, definitely finding a husband (laughs) and having my children. And it's funny because I desire that the most, but I am also honoring that it's not the time yet. I've tried to force my life into these like, you know, boxes. And I know a lot of women struggle with this. You know, it's like I'm being guided somewhere else because I think leaders go first. To be a leader is to do something that's never been done before, to scale the mountain that other people are afraid to scale, you know? And there's this beautiful thing. I feel like sharing this with you. I don't know why it's coming through, but. I once saw this speech, Glenn Close gave a speech. It just stuck with me. This is like years ago, four or five years ago. She gave a speech when she won this award. And it was after she had done that movie, The Wife, which was about being sublimated to being a wife and, and you know, submissive in that way. Mm-hmm. And she said that it spoke to her because her mother, when she was like on her deathbed, like in her 80s said, I feel I have accomplished nothing in my life, but I was just a a wife and a mother, which is obviously something to be massively celebrated, but women do need personal fulfillment. We get to have that. Like you get to go on the trip with your 11 girlfriends and not have heaps of guilt the whole time. Like you get to have your business and those things get to also be just as important. Like your mission on this earth, this very short temporary life is just as important as those roles. And this is the tension I think we're all being asked to me, like as women specifically, you know, and it's hard. It's not easy. Like all I want, since I was a child, I want to be a mother. Like it's all I desire, but I'm not just going to do that with anybody. You know, it's like, it's just life is not going to go the way we think, you know? And I think the more we can awaken to that and let life be magical and move through us, the more we can start living a life that we never would have dreamt up for ourselves. That's the thing. Life isn't going to go the way we want because the human ego, it's like we make it small and the divine's like, no, I'm trying to make your life big. So I don't know if that resonates, but it totally resonates. Yeah, no, no, it totally resonates, Lauren. And great story. And and I'm happy to share one too. I'd just forgotten in, in the previous answer. One of the things to highlight as a theme is this idea that we ask And then do we believe in the answer? Mm. You asked and you believed, right? Like you weren't like, oh, well, and and this isn't to say like, it's mm, wouldn't have been rational for you to be like, oh, well, these five, maybe that's a sign, but I'm more sure sure that I'm supposed to be fighting more because it's not, I haven't tried everything. I haven't exercised all of my options, but you knew you were like, wait, hold on. (laughs) This is just a little too uncanny. And I'm already, you know, really contemplating. And I did ask for a sign and you listened, you listened to the metaphysical and now you are taking action. However, now it sounds like you're taking action far more aligned with your big T truth, which you know that because it's easy. You're succeeding with ease. You're succeeding with flow. It's not that you're not moving or changing. I mean, you literally are doing both (laughs) moving and changing. And yet there's a sense of ease with it. It could have been very, very different had you not heeded the call. And I'm going to talk about a time where it was difficult and and not to say that it wasn't challenging for you. It was to heed the call because we did hear that and you heard it. And now all the things that like the watershed that happens with that, the flow, 
there was an opportunity where I had the same kind of thing. It was with work where I knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted more. I didn't know what more was. And there were all of these points that kind of took place. Like I had gotten a master's degree and then I went to this class where I was introduced to a coach for the first time and things felt really tight at work. It was very evident that this was no longer supposed to be my space. But as life has it, that space was also very meaningful. I was doing very meaningful work. It was work that my father was the previous executive director of the program. So it was very, very, very meaningful. And yet I knew, right? And yet I knew. And so I had to like be kicked out of the nest almost. I had to kick myself out of the nest. I had to get so frustrated and so squeezed and so quite frankly, like pissed that I made a decision. And that was my journey and that's totally fine. But how to take that squeezing, take that pressure and notice it a little bit more early on and say, that squeeze means I've outgrown. Like, I want to give that as a translation for people. You know, I want to give that translation that that squeezing that you're feeling, it very well could be a birth canal to something else. Let me tell you, that birth canal, it's squeezing, it's pressure in there. It's very well pressuring you into the next evolution of of you. And that was, I experienced that it was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on myself. Can I do this? What does this mean? What are the expectations? What am I holding? What am I holding on to? And when I released that, it launched me into my business. And again, that wasn't necessarily easy, but it cleared the path. Whereas holding would not have cleared that path for change. Oh, that is profound. And you're so right. It is like rebirth, the term of rebirth. Well, something has to go, you know, and I think people ask like people desire more money and and they want to hold more things. Well, the challenge is we have to make space. If we're full, we can't hold more physically, mentally, emotionally, and money is energy to your point, full circle. So it's like, To hold more money, there has to be free space for money to come in. And money is energy. So when money sees that you're working, you're overworking, you're exhausted, your physical body is burnt out, you have too many relationships that many should go, (laughs) money can't come in. And this is the stuff, like you said, that we can't see, but it's happening, whether we see it or not. And I just love that. And I think, what does it look like to make space in our lives? And I think for anyone listening, like think about where it physically feels blocked. That's a sign that there needs to be space made. The scary thing to bring us full circle in this episode on change is that when we free up space, we're not sure what's going to fill it. So that's scary. So sometimes staying in something that doesn't serve us and feels like shit, it's more comfortable. It's like the paradox of the human experience. Like we'll stay in things that are terrible for us because at least we know what that's like, but to step into the unknown, you know, and I think that's the biggest piece for me to navigate that and to really be open to and really teach on, because this is the stuff that very few people want to look at in their lives, but this is where the big breakthroughs come, the big payoff, especially when it comes to money and relationships and our health. I think it's all connected to our health. So thank you so much for this conversation. Like it was so profound and it it is profound to speak to you and to be in your energy and just 
I can't say it enough. And I'm so grateful that part two happened. Is there anything else you want to share to kind of put a bow on this conversation? Well, one, I want to say thank you because I'm I'm walking away with just feeling so connected again to you, Lauren. And this has been a profound gift for me because this is this is a dialogue. I'm receiving so much from this and hopefully, you know, offering as well. Mm-hmm. One other little piece to emphasize is you said, you know, we can't see, you're talking about change. We can't see. What I wanted to add was we can feel though. Yeah, we can nice. feel, right? You can't see what's down the road right. for your travel but you can feel now that this is truth for you. You can sense into that. And what the ego mind does, our personality of protection does, is she scans the world and she looks out way down like scary paths. And she says, don't go down there. That's too scary. Don't try that. What are they going to think? Don't raise your hand over there. You know, you're too much or you're not enough. So she's scanning. And so we've got to really get accustomed to her. And know that she is not us. That's right. And she, with practice and tools and support and all the things, she can be managed. She can be managed. It is, I think, as you have said so beautifully, it's about learning to distinguish us as beings and this personality protection who is sort of at the front of our our ego body, who is blocking all of everything essentially and keeping us stuck and, and managing that distance and loving her and healing her while also moving forward with her. Cause she's not going where she is an aspect of us and we are divine. And this is going to be, I know a beautiful journey for you that is filled with all kinds of dynamic, interesting experiences. And I know and sense that because I hear you say that you know this is your truth and that you're walking in purpose. And that is that is when we are aligned with things flowing into our lives that we're really looking to experience. And my deep sense is that you are on that path. So, and I'm very, very, very happy for you. That's very exciting. Wow. Thank you, Ryan. Because you might not see it, but you can feel it. Mm-hmm. That means the world to me. And I truly can see that you see that and feel that. And so that gives me so much more hope on this and in this decision. And I hope it for everyone listening, I hope you hear these stories and you take, you know, your own version of that risk because it's really not a risk. That's just how our mind will, that's what our mind will call it, you know, but it's really not a risk. And my friend recently said, what would you do if you were faced with two like this door and behind the door was everything you desired. But in order to open that door, you had to let go of every single thing that you knew and from your past, like, would we do it? You know? And in a way that's what I did. That's what I'm doing. And it's very interesting to do it and to really just open the door and see what's on the other side, you know? So we're here to live extraordinary lives. And so Thank you for the life that you are living and and thank you for the work that you are doing. It is truly divine to connect with you in this life. And I know we were brought together for so much. And so I'm so excited to stay connected to you, Ryan. Me too, me too. If I could say one more thing, just one more piece, really, it had come through earlier. Please do. We're talking about women, particularly women and the constructs that we feel like we have to have, baby, home, job, all these things. And then it just literally flooded back, like, say this, get it in. Okay. 
So I'm honoring that. One of the things I think that we can get caught up in is it hasn't happened yet. Like I haven't had a baby. And so I particularly now I'm, I'm also kind of honing into women, maybe close to like 35, six, seven, eight, or we're now at the time, like it's narrowing windows. I haven't yet, you know, these yeah. kinds of things, these kinds of conversations and every month it can feel like it hasn't happened. And I offer a slight reframe around, it hasn't happened yet. Like stay in the yet, believability in the yet, because tomorrow, while it's not promised, there is tomorrow. Tomorrow could be the day. It's like, hold on, don't give up hope because it hasn't happened before. There's always the possibility. So breathe life into that, breathe life into the possibility. Oh my God, the most beautiful place to end. Build the believability in the yet. Profound. Thank you. I'm so glad that circled back around to come through you. Oh, please let every single listener know how they can stalk you, (laughs) how they can follow you and and (laughs) and any ways that they can work with you because I promise you guys, you need Ryan in your life. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So two things. One, of course, social media, Instagram is sort of like the place, you know, just to see what's going on and stay connected, which is great. However, I also offer a discovery call. So if anyone wants to have a complimentary call with me, if any of the subjects that we talked about today struck a chord with you, or I've had these experiences where I've listened to someone and I had that very visceral, I've got to know you, I've got to connect with you. And so I have a complimentary discovery call. You just go to my website, which is in inspirebrandconsulting.com, inspirebrandconsulting.com. And you'll see a button that says quiz. Take that quiz and you'll be led right to my discovery call opportunity and get on my calendar. It's a free call. It's 45 minutes. We can unpack where you are, where you feel like you know you would like to be and how support, if that's what's right for you, um, can get you to where you want to go. Oh, we will absolutely link that. Thank you for doing it. I love that you do a discovery call. It's so... Such a beautiful way to connect with with new people and, and women to potentially work with. So, so beautiful. Book the discovery call with Ryan. And thank you again for joining me today, lady. I'm so, so grateful oh, for you. Thank Lauren, you. thank you. I'm so excited to stay connected. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, love.